the Ambitious Radio Network. Conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders. Are you an entrepreneur, startup junkie, or just someone interested in improving their leadership skills? If you're looking to be motivated, inspired, and uncover what it takes to get to the next level, listening to Ambitious Radio will be well worth the investment of your time. We have weekly engaging conversations with today's most influential thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they discuss their successes, failures, tipping points, and other priceless information that you can apply immediately after listening. And welcome to the show. Good to have you right here. It is Ambitious Radio, hosted by our friend Doug Parker, talking about entrepreneurship and leadership while interviewing interesting people and what makes them ambitious. Now, you know, the show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors, Grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. You know, most of the time, small business owners need to personally guarantee any loans that their companies take out. That can be kind of tough to do if you have credit issues. So if you have less than perfect credit, go to RepairMyCreditNow.com for a free credit report evaluation. RepairMyCreditNow.com. All right. Well, welcome back to the Ambitious Radio Network. So thrilled to be able to uh, talk to the folks that we have on the show. And we've got another fantastic guest. And uh, as we get started, I, you know, I want to give a little special thanks to Ron Taylor. Ron always is the uh, magician behind the scenes taking care of everything. And uh, sometimes he, he, he gets mentioned, sometimes he doesn't. But Ron, thanks for all that you do behind the scenes, sir. My pleasure, Doug. It's great to be a part of the uh, what you're doing with Ambitious Radio Network. It's, it's a great and needed uh, program. And I know that the listeners are great. You know, they're so pleased to have you at the helm here and, and uh, uh, love the guests that you always have on. It's great to be a part of it, Doug. Thank you. You got it, sir. Well, speaking of guests, we do have another fantastic one. Today, we're going to be talking with Bill Woodich, and Bill is a highly successful entrepreneur. He's built a multi-million dollar company, and he's written a book called Always Forward. We're going to get into that a little bit today, where he shares the secrets of a success. Uh, his accomplishments in life and in business come from engaging with what he calls the four pillars, physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional energy, so all aspects of your life work in complete harmony. Within those four pillars lies the keys to happiness, and it's where your values flourish and your goals on all planes connect. Bill, welcome to the show, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what I miss in the intro. Doug, thank you very much for having me on the show. I think you just about nailed it. Are we ready to uh, call it a wrap? I think you got it. You well, i tell you what, man. I, I, I've seen a couple of other things that you've done out there, and man, you're you're a very dynamic individual. You got a lot of great content and information, and really how to to reel it all in and weave it all together. And and you know, I want to talk, uh, you know, just a little bit about you. I mean, tell us where you're from. What what do you got going on nowadays? What what is your your multi million dollar operation, your day to day operation? Then we'll go from there. I am from the middle of a forest in west western Pennsylvania. The middle of a forest, a little town of about 2,800 people, give or, give or take 500, called Kane, Pennsylvania. So I, I always like to say that I crawled out of those backwoods, and, and I, I was taught uh, the values at a very young age and disciplined. My father was a uh, Pennsylvania state policeman. My mother was a nurse, so I got compassion. But we had to work hard, and we had to bale hay, and we had to you know, shovel snow, and it was always a, a period of shoveling snow. It was always seemed to be snowing in western Pennsylvania. And, you know, I, I was a rebel at heart. I always have been. And it's, it's very difficult for me to follow a straight line. I'm always going to try to take a curve, you know, try to make things a little bit harder for myself than I probably have to. Uh, so I went to work in a factory instead of going to college. And I went to work in a factory. And every day I had to, you know, just 
do the same thing. It was the same rope behavior all day. And that was my foreclosed future. I, I didn't see any, any other way. Just grew hair, smoked cigarettes, drank beer at the local watering hole. And there was this gnawing angst inside of me that just kept growing and, and a burning desire to do something, but I didn't know what. Well, my parents gave me a chance, gave me an opportunity to go to school where I had to learn how to learn. I applied myself and I went always forward from there. Uh, first job out of college was a caseworker. I made about $11,000 a year, a very fulfilling job, but not so much financially. Had a chance to go to school to another school uh, grad school at Penn State, went there and moved forward with my master's in public administration. Then I was broke, had no car, had a corduroy suit. My mom gave it to me as a graduation present, had a black tie. I couldn't tie, I couldn't cinch it. My brother had to cinch it for me before I'd go to work. And actually, before I went to work, I had to go interview for work. And I, I didn't want to be in sales, Doug. Uh, man, sales had this visceral, this gut feeling where somebody was trying to take something from me, spend my time, and then just not give back as much. Well, fortunately, someone directed me in the right way, got into sales, and here I am. Long way you know, <laughs> well, no, that's that's actually a very you know interesting path, and, and so many people, you know, especially people in sales, I don't know if it's if it's ADD or if it's um, you know just kind of thinking outside the box or whatever it is, but they don't necessarily always have the discipline to to be able to go to college and get educated and those kind of things. And it's it's interesting that uh, it sounds like you started down one path and then realized that wasn't exactly the direction you wanted to go, and and kind of you know weaved back the other way, and it. May have taken you a little bit longer than it would have if you went straight through, but but life has a way of working out. Now, now with this book, uh, you know, you talk about these four pillars. Um, you know, can, can you maybe discuss a little bit about each one of those and, and then how they play a role in our lives and our careers? I will. I want to drop back on something you said that I think is very very key for the listener, and I think it's the word discipline, and I think that's an that's an internal mechanism as much as an external desire. So when you marry the two. And you have the fortitude and willpower that you can develop, that you can develop. I think that discipline and, and that feel, and it's a feel of a fear, can propel you forward through the fears you must face to move forward. It, Doug, if you don't face your dominant fear and take those steps to move through it, now we're never going to get rid of it. It's going to be around. But we can contain and limit and limit the damage it does because if not – if we don't find that discipline and fortitude, if we don't have that willpower to move through those fears, at least find where they are and take those intrepid steps, we're always going to be in a foreclosed future. We're always going to be in a forest and a, and a, and a prison of our own making. The four pillars to me is a way of flipping sales really on its head and calling it and working as if it's enrollment and engagement with people, not trying to sell them, but attempting to enroll them as people. Now, you're not going to sell them all. You're not going to enroll them all. But trying to enroll is a vulnerability. And the four pillars, the four pillars, the spiritual part has to be an overarching belief in something greater than you. And I think that's where values are, are really protected. Think, think of it like a house, Doug, four pillars of a house. You have the spiritual overarching part, you have the physical anchor, one of the pillars in the house, and you have to keep your body sound so, you're, so your body's actually able to cash those checks that your mind writes. So work on the physical pillar, just staying in shape, moving forward, taking in some good nutrition in your body, and 
also taking in good nutrition in your mind. That's intellectual pillar where you're curious. You want to learn. You're on a quest. And you might not agree with a lot of things you read or hear, or, or you might even say that experience was good or bad. Or you can take it, take what's of value, and throw the rest out. I think it's very important when we engage with people is the emotional. We have to be able to extend a quality of care on behalf of another, and we have to also conversely be able to feel as if we're appreciated. I've always said that that men need need to be admired and women need to be cherished. Now, in those four pillars, think of the house. If they're out of alignment, out of whack, you know, one's one's higher than the other, one's a little shorter, uh, one's a little bit wider. The house is out of alignment. And what happens if a house is out of alignment because the pillars are out of alignment, it fractures. And that fissure is really something inside of a person, something inside that is not consistent and congruent with what they are expressing to the external. Inside, it's what people feel over time, your character your values. That's where intensity and passion exists. Now you got me all fired up talking about it, but that's where people feel those values. And that's why people come. And that's why people stay consistency, character values. That's the four pillars in concert. We must grow them every day or they'll atrophy and decay. You know, that's, that's great information. And, you know, I really, uh, really appreciate you sharing it with us. And, and we'll get a little bit more into detail on that whenever we get back from a brief word from our sponsors. We'll hear more from Bill Woodish right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. Here's another RepairMyCreditNow.com story. It's a day this family had dreamed of for quite some time. They were finally getting that brand new SUV. The salesperson at the auto dealership gave them the keys and told them to take it for the weekend. He'd prepared the documents and called them Monday morning. The kids had already installed the headrest DVD when the phone rang. Seems there was a problem with their credit they were unaware of. They'd have to return the SUV to the dealership immediately. Embarrassing to say the least. www.repairmycreditnow.com Hello, this is Doug Parker with repairmycreditnow.com. Do you have less than perfect credit, a repo, maybe some late payments, a collection account? Are they being reported accurately? Studies show that over 70% of Americans have inaccuracies on their credit reports. Where do you fit in? Go to repairmycreditnow.com for your free credit report evaluation. And remember, your credit is your future. If you want to get started now, log on now. RepairMyCreditNow.com RepairMyCreditNow.com www.RepairMyCreditNow.com As we get back into the show, let's give a shout out to our great sponsors, all3reports.com. That's all, the number three reports with an S.com. You know, many people check their credit every three to five years when they're financing a home or maybe when they're purchasing a new vehicle. But if there is an issue, it could be too late to do anything about it. So go to all3reports.com to find out more. Speaking of a new vehicle, a wise person once said, lease what depreciates, buy what appreciates. So go to Autoflex Leasing. They offer a better way to lease your next car. America's largest independent leasing company is Autoflex Leasing. Doug? All right, we're back on the Ambitious Radio Network, and we've got Bill Woodage here. Bill, let's talk a little bit about kind of your professional adventures and, you know, kind of the reason maybe why you decided to write a book. Uh, Let's talk. So you were in insurance for, for, uh, for several years, right? Yes, adventures in insurance. And again, we went back to selling and talking about sales. Well, if you, for me, coupling insurance with sales was something that I, I never thought I would do. 
But it's a different form of insurance where it's a, it's a corporate insurance. Uh, businesses have to buy what we sell. They have to buy it once a year. The variable is from whom they buy. So I like to be that point at the at the point of negotiation uh, in, a, in a business where it's people who choose and, and giving people all the information to make an intelligent decision, the best possible decision, and, and let them choose has been for me a, a real windfall in terms of not, not only the psychic feel of things, but, but also financially. And, and I started forward knocking on doors and trying to sell a brochure. And, and trying to point to all these things that I was trained from a, a Xerox training course, and I messed it up. I went 0 for 13, lost my first 13 sales. So the person that's speaking with you was a was a loser in the first part of their career. Uh, after that, I left the brochures in the car. I started meeting with people, enrolling, using a system I developed, and I became the top salesperson uh, at Liberty Mutual, they were the largest writer of workers' compensation since 1936, and then recruited by the sixth largest broker in the world, and became their top salesperson for two years in a row, a company of 6,000 people. So I, I have a system, I have a way, I have a lot of energy and enthusiasm, but the most important thing is you have to be authentic, you got to be genuine, you got to work your tail off, uh, you got to think and do, and you have to always move forward. You know, I love that, and I like the part you talked uh, as it related to just selling, you know, but instead of selling, you're enrolling. You know, one of the things uh, that I've heard over the years is, you know, nobody wants to buy, any, and nobody, nobody wants to be sold, but everybody wants to buy something, right? So you talked about that enrollment process and, and going through that. Can you can you just touch on that real quickly of kind of the, the transition of what you feel like made the shift between selling somebody something and, and just enrolling them? If you, if you sit across a desk or side by side with someone and watch their eyes and watch their demeanor, I will, I will share this with you. It will make a difference in the listeners' lives. People expect to be sold from a salesman. They expect it. So they shut down their, their, their hearing and they definitely can't listen. You know, hearing is first and then actually listening is, is the highest form, the highest form of communication. But they won't listen because they expect to be sold, not enrolled. And when you come out, and you start talking with a person and, you know, where are you from? Why did you start in this business? Stuff maybe that's outside of the strike zone of sales and more into the personal dynamic, more into the questions about the person, not intrusive questions, but questions just, just will lead to another form of answer or question. People love hearing the sound of their name. Uh, they love to hear their voice. Now let them speak. Instead of trying to sell and push, be pulled through those, what I say, are portals, P-O-R-T-A-L-S, of another person's experience. That's what made a difference. That's, I think, the highest end of enrollment. But for me, it became a difference maker because it was authentic. It was genuine. Remember this. Salespeople fear rejection. And, and there's a rule I have of 33 and a third percent we may get into later. But they fear rejection. We have to overcome that rejection. That's resistance. That's fear. And we, we fear that we're going to be exposed or we're, we're going to be pushed away or we're going to be shamed in some way or we're going to be – our self-image is going to be dented if we can't sell something. You know what? We won't be for everyone and everyone is not for us. We have to connect and enroll with those people, those 66 and two-thirds where we can make it and connect with them. And the other 33 and a third percent will not like us. Our portfolio, our persuasion, our look, it's in their subconscious. It will play itself forward, and we're never going to get there. That's my theory. 
Sure, sure. Well, I think I think that makes a lot of sense, and and you know, it's it's finding a way to interact with those individuals. I mean, a transaction for the most part has to occur on so many different things, as you mentioned with, you know, the employers. They've got to make that decision, you know, once a year, just determining who they want to who they want to do it with. And, uh, you know, ultimately you always want it to be you, but, um, you know, you talked a little about fear a little bit earlier and kind of processing through those fears. Um, and you know, when it comes to sales, you know, there's a transaction that occurs and there's typically some kind of a monetary, uh, you know, uh, kind of a reward for, for, for closing that deal, if you will. But, um, I know that you, you, you written down here that you believe that money and happiness, uh, are often mutually exclusive. So can you elaborate a, a little bit on that for us? I will, but I want to backtrack to transaction. There are transactions okay. in some sales, but but the highest form of what we do, and I think of what uh, a lot of people do, is is really to go into the consultative section uh, and make it a partnership. And transaction is, and partnership are very different. Partnership is earned through consistent performance. It, it's earned by living those four pillars. It's in, and it's earned what another person respects and regards what you have and who you are. And I think that's that's very important. Uh, a lot of people who have been high achievers or performers that I've that I've coached and mentored have have come from from small, you know, backgrounds that are very similar to me, very meager backgrounds and they work their way forward. And I think in the environment that we create in the environment that, that some of the uh, best uh, employers create, it's got to be one that's fertile for people to grow, for people to risk, for people to fear, to, to, for people to, to be able to push themselves without fear of ridicule and to be able to make mistakes, uh, mistakes that are mistakes of omission and, and not commission, but, but not be penalized for them because it's part of growth. So I found that when these people started to make you know, a significant income, that they often looked around for happiness and said, wait a minute, now I have the yacht, I have the, the houses, I have the Ferraris, but I don't have the happiness. And I said, well, I, I never promised that. It's often mutually exclusive. I think that, that happiness comes from when we remove, or it can ensue, when we remove the impediments that prevent its very existence. And those impediments are often debt or often the expectation that we have to be number one at something, that we have to have more, that our ego is at play saying, look, this is who I am. I'm the vice president of this bank or I'm this, I'm that. No, at your core, you're something very, very different. But to society, when we're out of concert with what we want them to think we are and we measure ourselves solely by the external, it's probably the way to unhappiness. That's just how I found it. Sure, sure. Well, you know, and, and, and I see also that you founded um, Think Next, Act Now. So t tell us a little bit about that and that organization and what it is exactly that, that you do there. I've had great fulfillment, Doug, in, in working with some people who have really been able to champion their cause by first championing the causes of others. So by working for the client as their ambassador, as their advocate, you know, working to enroll people who became friends, they grew and flourished through this type of training. They used to call it the Woodage Way in the old days. So I've taken the Woodage Way, that system of behavior, the think and do, how we act moving forward, how, how we're able to, to keep our self-respect and never bargain that away at any table, and really export that to train tomorrow's entrepreneur today. So I've started an entrepreneurial movement. Think Next, Act, Act Now is that movement. It's a platform for my speaking, for my writing. I am now authoring my second book, and I am a professional speaker. 
So I love being up on stage. I, I love watching and thinking and believing that I make a difference. And I, I love what people write back and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And it made a difference. And this made a difference. I mean, that gives me a psychic lift. And that's the reason I wrote the book is to really give people a guide, a way, a challenge, maybe a little bit of inspiration. Get out there and author your own story. Every day, everything you do is writing your story. Doug, you're authoring that story right now. Make it one that people would want to learn from and make it one that you'd be proud of. Sure, and today, guys, we're talking to Bill Woodich. If you're tuning in a little bit late, he's the author of Always Forward, and we were just kind of talking a little bit about kind of that entrepreneurial uh, spirit and and the things that that you you know you have to do to make it happen. And a lot of times, people want to be an entrepreneur because they don't want to have a boss or they you know want to do something different or or whatever the case is. The problem is they they don't realize is. Whenever you don't have the boss, when you don't have that person there sitting over you doing all those things, it winds up being um, you don't have that support structure either. And you've got to reach out to people like Bill or read books or find ways to, to get that that um, information you know in your brain. And you know one of my favorite quotes, I think it's from uh, Jim Rohn, if I'm not mistaken, it talks about you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So you got to find people that are doing the things that you want to be doing and how to be a little bit more like them. Now, when it comes to, to quotes, um, Bill, do you have a favorite quote that, that you like? I like yours. I like the Jim Rohn quote. Um, I, I have one and I, I like to read from different platitudes and Winston Churchill's one of my favorite because he's just a pull quote. I mean, that guy's got some stuff that's great, but I always say in here that knowledge carries with it an obligation to act upon that, which you've learned and knowledge carries with it an obligation to act upon that, which you've learned, because I think if we don't, and we know something, but we don't act, it's we're, we're losing some valuable insight that could have made a difference. Uh, for us and we're not doing it. So I think we have an obligation. And I think what you're talking about as well as learning from people is, is mentorship. I think we need to seek out those mentors and the mentee has to be worthy of the mentor and the mentor has to be worthy of the mentee because, uh, you know, there's another quote by John Donne and it's the no man is an island. That's one of my favorite quotes because we we have we need each other to cooperate, collaborate, and that's how we flourish. Uh, that's just the way I look at and view and live my life. You know, guys, that is great stuff for our ambitious listeners. And if you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe by texting the word ambitious to 69922. Standard messaging rates apply. See website for more details. Next, we're going to be talking more to Bill about the ambitious things that he's doing now and what's next on the Ambitious Radio Network. Were you recently notified by a major retailer that there was a data breach and that your personal information had been compromised? When was the last time that you viewed all of your credit reports? Was it when you refinanced your home or maybe when you purchased a new car a couple of years ago? If so, go to roadtoblack.com. Come to make sure that you have not been a victim of identity theft. You might have also recently heard that more than 21 million government employees and contractors' personal data was breached, including their social security numbers. Roadtoblack.com offers credit monitoring with alerts, score tracking, and a score simulator. Could you be at risk? Only if you have a social security number. Roadtoblack.com offers a one-stop solution with the credit information you need to stay informed. You can review your past credit history, check your current credit scores, and even use a credit simulator tool to get insight into what your credit could look like tomorrow. Just go to roadtoblack.com to see what's on your credit today. That's road, the number two, black.com. Roadtoblack.com.
back in here on the show. It's Ambitious Radio Network. Hey, are you thinking of expanding your business but don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a new phone system? Consider grasshopper.com. You get to keep your existing number. You have multiple extensions, voicemails transcribed, and no new hardware. Grasshopper.com is the entrepreneur's phone system. Let's get back to the show with Doug Parker. All right, guys, talking to Bill Woodish today on Ambitious Radio. So excited. Always got these great guests. And, and, you know, one of the things that I like best about it is that I am getting fed. I'm hearing their favorite quotes of things that uh, are working for them, the things that haven't worked over the years. And, you know, we're going to be talking to, to Bill. He's a very busy man, you know, has successful companies. He's got uh, some nonprofits that he supports. And, and I want to talk just a little bit about that because, you know, in, in the nature of nonprofit, Typically, there's not, you know, anybody, uh, you know, making any money on it. It's it's um, a situation where it's more of a passion. But with busy type A personality people going out there making it happen, they've got to carve time out of their schedule to do it. And I see that uh, that really you have done something that's really unique in that you're taking all the proceeds from your uh, from your book. Uh, always forward, and, and you are actually donating those to the Intrepid Fallen Heroes Fund. So can you tell us about how you got involved in that organization and uh, why it is that you are involved? I've always had a, a, a pool, a, a, a kind of a, uh, a driving pool to, to try to do something for a country that, that made a difference. And I think that you know each time I read the papers and I read about the, the, the treasure that's spilled on, on foreign soil, but I want to be able to do something. And that's my way of in some small, 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 relatively insignificant way to pay back. And so we vetted a lot of different organizations that I could um, contribute to. And I, I liked what I saw and liked what I learned of the Intrepid Fallen Heroes Fund and sent books and, and, and take all of my proceeds from every platform, the, book, the books on disk and the hard and soft copy and everything goes in my, from my proceeds, not the editor, uh, but all of mine go to the Intrepid Fallen Heroes Fund. Gotcha. You know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you do that. And, and for so many reasons, because it's, it's the, the heroes, the military that are, they protect our ability uh, to have a democracy and, and the capitalistic society that we participate in uh, for entrepreneurs like uh, you and I to, to be able to go out and, and do the things that we do. And, you know, it's, it's always, um, you know, great to be able to say thank you and, and, you know, words are one thing, but actually doing something about it, uh, that's significant. And, and I appreciate, you know, you doing that. And I always appreciate, uh, our soldiers and, 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 uh, you know, the, the, the heroes, uh, and, and in this case it's the fallen heroes, but that have made that ultimate sacrifice, uh, to allow us to, to, to do what we do, you know, here in America. And, and, you know, uh, kind of as we transition to the next topic here, you know, uh, when it comes to how do you determine what you're going to work on next and those kind of things, you know, it's always exciting to talk about uh, and talk to serial entrepreneurs and people that, you know, they always have something going on. The The problem is, is in all of that, you know, activity and different businesses and those types of things, some chaos can get, can get created from time to time. So can you share a little bit about how you have determined what to work on next? And then behind that, how do you stay focused um, on, you know, the things that you have the responsibilities already, you know, the, the, the multimillion dollar one, you know, company, and then the speaking engagements and how do you sort everything out to stay on top of everything? You have to have a great assistant and collaborator. And I have Kelsey McDaniel and she is fantastic. <laughs> so we make well, sense. I concur. Of, 
<laughs> Thank you. She makes me look really good. Sound. She can't do anything about my sounds, but she makes me look great. Uh, you know, I, I have always said that we we thrive in chaos here. We thrive in the anarchy. It's it's controlled chaos, and and that's part of the uh, that's part of my personality. As you can probably get an assessment for. It's pretty crazy and pretty out there, but I, I'm always thinking of next. So when you talked about a, a serial entrepreneur, I'm thinking about how can we take and tweak this product? How can we innovate what we're doing? How can we create some different, a different market? How can we expand our market share here? So, uh, you know, one thing that people don't know, Doug, or, or they might if they are, are in business for themselves and, and they're up there with, on a net without any, you know, any kind of uh, wire underneath them, is that you're never going to go away from this. You're, you're going to sleep with it. You're going to take it on vacations. You can always think about it. And you're thinking about your downside. How do you protect that? Have you addressed it? How do you, before you ever get to your upside, you have to always protect that downside. So you're never going to go away. And my mind is always racing to what's next? How can we start this? What can we do? But if you're going to start something, this is very, very important. Make sure you have the resolve, the capital and the resolve to finish it off. Now, finishing off doesn't mean that a losing proposition is one you stick with. I, I've taken on a couple of those and lost big time. And, you know, there's there's persistence and that's like going forward and kicking it. And then there's being obstinate. And that's like banging your head against the wall. You can do it, but all you're going to do is crack your head. So I'm always moving forward. I, I'm trying to look at what's next. And I stay invigorated by doing things like this. When I watch people succeed in life, I get a kick. That's my legacy now. It's more, you know, I got... For me to, to to enroll another client personally is 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 not it's not quite the adrenaline high that teaching someone else and watching someone else do it for themselves that's a kick for me sharing collaborating so I'm always on to the next how can I work with this person so that that those people invigorate me so it, that, that's what gives me my charge. Sure. Well, and that's like the old biblical principle, you know, uh, sh you know, feed a man fish or teach a man to fish. You know, it's 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 a transition. It's a maturation process of, of helping others, you know, uh, do something different. And, you know, w one of the things that, that you had mentioned um, during that process is kind of coming up with something new and, and the chaos that gets created. But, you know, next week's show, we've got uh, a young lady and, and I'm not going to say her last name because I can't pronounce it, but her, her it's Nadia and Z. It's like a 12 letter number. She's from Slovenia. And she's got uh, a, a TED Talk on, it says, to hold on, let go. But one of the things I took out of that was the business cycle uh, several several years ago or a, deco a decade or so, I mean a, a century or so ago, was about 75 years. And then towards the end of the 20th century, it got down to about a 15-year turnaround. And just in the first you know, uh, decade or so of, of a decade and a half of this uh, millennia. Now it's gotten down to the cycle being about seven years. So from the top, uh, from the bottom, building it up, and then from the from the top back down, the cycle of business, a new business getting created, can be as short as seven years, and that's a successful business. And so you've always got to be creating and coming in and out and finding ways to to grow other people up and and do things and what's next. And uh, again, from an entrepreneur standpoint. That's one of the things that's exciting because if you're not an entrepreneur and you're working for somebody, someone else, you know, you're you're putting that in the hands of of others to to give you that you know that direction and just lean on them that hopefully they're they're doing it. And so that's that's one of the reasons why I like entrepreneurship so much is I've kind of got the the uh, the power in my hands just just a little bit there. But when now when it comes to mentoring, and I, I've heard you say that a few times, do do you have someone that's that's mentoring or has mentored you in the past and um, if so, if you could kind of uh, say a little bit about maybe one of the best lessons you had learned from them. 
You know, I, I've had mentoring all the way through my life that I've been able to take advantage of. And I, I always say there's invisible mentors, those those mentors that are out there that we can read about uh, in books and, and then and then play play life forward as if we're talking with them. But I've had some in business who have been side by side, official mentors of mine in groups and official groups that are international. And we're CEOs who meet every month and we kick around topics. And, and I, I found that, Doug, absent just about everything else, it all comes down to one one central tenet. People. People are our greatest our greatest challenge, triumph, uh, adversity, failure. It's people. So everything comes down to personality and people. And the thing with people is ego. So as an entrepreneur, as a leader of a company, the first thing you have to do is to check your ego at the door. You got to check that ego at the door before you ever go forward. You mentioned seven years as a cycle of a business. It looks like a bell curve. At the infant mm -hmm. stages, the infant stages, the entrepreneur is driving and doing a lot of things. So we're ordering pencils and creating strategy and actually exporting these tactics that we're the ones that are that are, are playing. And then all of a sudden you get to a point where, okay, now we're growing people, now we're growing people. Now we're getting up to the top of this curve where usually a company, because it's still in the grasp of a driving entrepreneur with an ego who cannot let go and the the organization has to run through them starts to decline because the energy goes the ideas go uh, things fade you might take more money off the table to a certain degree but you have less joy in your life you have to train people let it go we've been around for 22 years because the people have made me better there's a book called flight of the buffalo Strongly recommend that book, and it's about really the head buffalo in any herd, and it's a lot like an entrepreneur at first or a leader of, of a business. They're the ones that provide a direction. The herd will perish if that head buffalo doesn't lead them to food, shelter in the winter, and then to water. And eventually the buffalo gets old and slows down. The herd's pace is the same as the buffalo's. Then it dies and the herd will perish with it. I learned that lesson, and that was a mentoring lesson I learned from a book. And, it, you know, I, I flipped the switch and said, this company has to be more like geese, which is what the book talks about, where we're really working and drafting with each other, where ideas can come in and percolate, where we can think, where we're, we can do, we can create. That made a big difference in my life. So I, I think mentorship is what people crave more than anything today. It, uh, and I think to be, have a good mentor, viable mentors, is learning's a quest for improvement. And we're always under construction as people. We have to be. You know, I've read that book, Fly to the Buffalo, as well, and it is a fantastic book. I can endorse it as well, and it and it just goes to show, um, you know, these big bad animals, the buffalo that could run through a barbed wire fence, pretty much. Um, you know, they just picked off the the head one, and then the rest of them just sat there. And uh, the geese, they 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 rotate in and out, and they they keep it flying and flowing uh, for for quite some time. So it is a great great book. And uh, for those out there that that. Uh, or like me, that prefer to listen, we've done a deal with him, uh, with audible.com where you can download two books for free if you haven't already done it and listen to them as opposed to reading them. So go to our website, ambitiousradio.com, and you can check out the uh, offering there. Next, we're going to be talking more to Bill Woodich about how he renews his body, mind, and spirit right here on Ambitious Radio. Hey, 
ambitious listeners, you hear us interviewing entrepreneurs all the time, and there's a common theme. They want to be more productive and improve their communication. As an ambitious entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. The Ambitious Radio Network recently partnered with Grasshopper to offer our listeners a special discount. Log on to ambitiousradio.com and click on the Grasshopper banner in the bottom right-hand corner. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Sound professional with a main greeting and multiple extensions that forwards callers to your mobile phone or others in your organization. Get a toll-free number or local number for your business with multiple extensions. Set up each extension with custom call forwarding to any phone in the world. Get your voicemails emailed to you as an audio attachment or transcribe an email. Keep business calls separate from your personal calls. Plans start at $12 a month with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Remember to click on the Grasshopper banner at ambitiousradio.com for a special discount for our listeners. Join the over 150,000 small business owners that have stayed connected with Grasshopper. See how Grasshopper works. It's the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn the world into your office. And we're back in here on the show. It's Ambitious Radio Network, recharging the ambitious mind, body, and spirit, made possible by RepairMyCreditNow.com. You know, having bad credit can be really draining. It's okay to not be okay as long as you're on the road to being okay. Let RepairMyCreditNow.com help get you back on track. You know, many of our ambitious listeners prefer to listen to books as opposed to reading them. Now, with that, we've teamed up with Audible.com to offer you one free audiobook. Just go to ambitiousradio.com, click on the Audible banner on the page to find out more. Back to the show now with Doug Parker. All right, we're back with Bill Woodich, successful entrepreneur and author, and we're going to be talking a little bit about how he uh, refills his body, mind, and spirit. I know we were talking earlier, you said he's been up since about 5 o'clock this morning. And so let's talk about what, what is it that fills you, uh, maybe what is it that drains you, and then and how do you recover? You know, you, you get drained when all you deal with is problems and, and you're, you're always dealing with problems. And as an entrepreneur, as a leader, I have a glass office. It's literally glass. I built this to be uh, a glass so people could, could look in and I could see out. It, it, that was probably a mistake on my part. But it's glass. And what you're always dealing <laughs> they with They can see problems. in, too. <laughs> they can see in, too. I can't ever lay on this couch, but it's really nice. But but. But the key, I think, is, Doug, is to be able to replenish both mind and body. And let me talk about replenish. You have to be able to get to a place in your mind where you actually pull away from the line of fire and actually be, just exist and think, feel and think. And ask yourself the question, is what I'm doing still valuable? Do I really love what I'm doing and do I love who I'm doing it with? I think we have to have time to reflect. That will that will refuel you if you're in the right place. And I am a huge workout freak. I'm a physical freak this way. I, I eat right. I eat, uh, it doesn't mean I don't go out and imbibe on weekends. I do, but I'm very tight on my nutrition for about five days a week, maybe six. And that I'm able to feed my, my mind that my brain food every two and a half to three hours. If we don't, it takes 20% of our caloric intake just to run the brain. 20%. And when we critically think, when we actually do what we're doing right now, you and I, when we start doing this, we're burning even an even higher rate. So we're almost redlining into the zone where we're, we're critically thinking. See, most of the time we're on rote. We just go to work. We show up. We don't really have to think. And that's the brain's way of preserving calories. So I'm always eating something that will keep my mind in a state that's positive where I'm not, my sugar levels don't drop. I'm going, making myself go to the gym. I'm tearing through a workout that I push further. And that's helping me grow my willpower, but helps me grow by extending my line further every day, physically and mentally getting away from it, trying to pull myself away for a week, uh, maybe a week, a day and just get away. 
that will fire you back up or, or it won't. And if it doesn't, you probably have to do something else. You know, I, I, two things that I, I took away, and I'm always looking for takeaways, and I've not, I've not heard this before. So 20% of the caloric intake uh, each day goes towards just, just your brain function. And, of course, when you're doing critical stuff, it takes even more than that. So uh, that literally, uh, we're talking about feeding your brain. I mean, you're really, really seriously talking about feeding your brain and, and, and giving you the, uh, the, the nutrition to operate, the, you know, your, your system. And then also I love the part about, Asking yourself, you know, do I love what I what I'm doing, and do I love who I'm doing it with? Because that's two simple questions. That if the answer to either one of them is no, either it may be a relational issue that you need to resolve, or or it may be uh, just you know you've been doing something, especially in sales. I mean, that's one of the things that I've seen over the years. So many salespeople, they're good at selling stuff, but it just gets to be the grind, and it's the same stuff over and over again, and they just need something different. And you got to ask yourself that because otherwise, you know, you you don't enjoy what you're doing. You suffer with it, and that's that's a that's a that's a terrible situation. So it's great great content there. Now let's talk about vacation. Do you have a favorite place that you like to go uh, go visit to to on vacation? I do. I, I love to go to Australia because it takes me away from from the the day to day. You know, here's the the first time I went there. I th- I said I want everything sent to me every day. I want every decision made. And all of a sudden, there's just rings <laughs> coming over. In the days it was faxes, you know, all this stuff coming over. And it was wait, it's too late. The day's already over. I can't do anything about it. Love Australia. It's a place where I can isolate myself, think, reflect, and ask uh, with perspective and appreciation of what I'm doing. Perspective. Do, do I still love it? Um, do I still want to, do I want to be back there and then just reflect and then be able to do the most important thing in your life every day, appreciate the opportunity to take the next breath, appreciate the opportunity to do something different. If you don't like it, you know, all life is a forward process and it's either in decline or it's going forward. Life will not support staying, standing still. So we're either going forward or we're going back. And you said something I think that is very important, um, in, in part in why I wrote the book. I learned more about fear that I never knew existed within me when I wrote the book. And I also learned about the brain, how the brain runs on instinct, how when we sit down in the conference room, when the first thing that happens is instinct and it's not thought and how it moves to the emotional field before it ever gets to the top part of our brain, the most newly developed, evolved part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, where rational sorting systems. It's the CEO executive brain that helps us make choices. That, to me, changed the game. And I learned in two and a half years of of vetting the subject of fear, how the brain works, how the brain works and has to take in calories, how the job of the brain is to protect itself, how it doesn't like to critically think, and how so much instinct just rules our life and how we perceive things. Man, that was a game changer for me. Well, you know, actually, it, it was for me as well. And like I said, part of this uh, radio show is is me being fed, and, and I hope that our, our listeners uh, get the same great information out of it that, that I do. Now, let me ask you, if you could go back at one point in the past and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be, and at what time in your life would it have been? I would have written this book sooner, and I would have written this book probably 15 years ago. That's okay, what I okay. Uh, so, so the, the point being is do now, do now. Now, now there's always going to be impediments. I'm a realist. Okay. I, I'm a realist. Uh, there's always going to be something that can prevent you. And sometimes it's, it's an excuse and sometimes it's not. 
You know, some books will tell you it's, you know, that's an excuse. Everything's an excuse. Now, I know sometimes there are conditions that would prevent us from going forward. Uh, and we have to take a little bit of a, a respite before we can actually take the steps forward. But I would say if there's something that compels you deep inside you and a compelling need is different than a wish. It's different than a desire, a compelling, burning need to do something. Take the steps, take the steps to do it every day. There's an Ethiopian proverb. And it says, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. Just do it. You'll feel more invigorated. You'll, you'll feel your purpose. You know, people look for purpose. And I think that's, uh, that's a mistake. I, I think it's so caught up in the search, we, we lose the actual expression of feel. I think we find our purpose when we get immersed in life, when we just engage in life and do those things that compel us to move forward. We're not going to love everything we do. We're going to have to do some tough stuff. We're going to have to break our nails. We're going to have to get dirty sometimes. But you know what? Just keep moving forward on what really compels you. Yeah, I love it. Love it. That is great stuff. Now, an average day for you, I've heard you talk about uh, working out. I've heard you talk about uh, eating You know, every three or four hours. Uh, what about rest? How much rest does it take for you to operate at such a high level every day? How much sleep do you get? I'm an eight-hour guy, but today I got about six, sometimes five, but I'm an eight-hour guy. If I get eight hours, I am flying. So if you think I'm fast right now, and I'm not, I would be flying, but I get eight hours. <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> I do, a zoom. but when I come yep. with very high energy that way, so I have to get eight hours. I think sleep and rest is very, very critical to the repair of the system, especially if you tear it at both ends, because when I say tear it, I am flying around that gym, throwing as much heavy weight as I can get my hands on, coming back in here and standing and then dictating all the stuff that I do. So I don't write. I just dictate to a big 60-inch screen and things magically appear. <laughs> so thanks to Kelsey. But, but that's really uh, my energy levels. And I have to sit, I have to stop, sit down or lay down and, and, and take those rests. But I don't do it in here. I'm a, I'm a go, 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 go. Sure. No, that, that, that's great. That's great. So now, if you, if you could make one request of our ambitious audience, um, maybe to check something out or, or what have you, what, what would it be? And then how would our listeners go about engaging with you if they wanted to have you come speak or something along those lines? Uh, do you use social media? Do you use those types of things? I'm on LinkedIn under Bill Woodich, W-O-O-D-I-T-C-H. Um, I'm also under uh, BillWoodich.com. That's one word, BillWoodich.com. Uh, the book's available on Amazon. Again, the proceeds go to the Intrepid Fallen Heroes Fund. If I was going to give anyone a takeaway for today, I would say this. From where I came from and not knowing any other way, there was only forward. If you're going to go after something, then make sure it's because something is pulling you forward and know what's behind you. And you have to be able to feel the flame of that fear behind you as part, I think, of any quest to move forward. I would be in touch with two things. The mind, the mind has to be able to drive, but most importantly, the gut feel has to govern. Both have to be in alignment before you ever take on anything new and challenging. Head and gut, head and gut. That's my takeaway. Bill, that is a fantastic place to end this. It was a great interview. I want to thank you so much for your time, for coming on. I love this content and uh, can't wait to, to see uh, more of you when this next book comes out. You know, you gave me some great, great points to keep coming back to you. I could, I could keep going on it. But you, you check me out on the, uh, on the website. You'll see me jumping around in person. <laughs>
Thanks. You you got it. You got it, man. We well, appreciate you and tune in Wednesdays to Ambitious Radio, where we interview thought leaders and exciting entrepreneurs changing the faces of their organizations. Remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. Go out there and be ambitious. Thank you for listening to the Ambitious Radio Network, hosted by serial entrepreneur Doug Parker. Join us weekly as we have engaging conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders on topics that can be applied immediately after listening. Like what you've heard? Listen to other interviews at ambitiousradio.com or subscribe on iTunes.